Hello and welcome to the What Would She Know podcast. Oh my God, it has been so long since I've sat down and done even a solo episode. I know my latest episode was with Nadia. I recorded that a while ago with her. I've just had so much going on and I had had to take a step back. But before I tell you about all of that in today's episode, it is going to be a Q&A. I put up a box yesterday and I did one a few months ago, I think it was actually, that I never got around to recording. But the plan was to always record a podcast based off the Q&A got. So I have some questions on imposter syndrome, processing heavy emotion, people are interested to know like what is going on in my life in terms of career paths. We've got some short and sweet questions that I'm going to quickly answer. And yeah, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an update and what's to come for the What Would She Know podcast. Because if you had of listened to my recent episode with Nadia on people pleasing and partying every weekend and whether or not you may be using that as a form of running from your emotions and avoiding them. At the start, I did a segment called Own Your Shit, and it is a new segment that I'm going to be doing with myself and with guests. So if you have listened to it, basically, you'd know what it is. But if you hadn't, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be, when I'm alone, I'm going to be telling you guys something that I'm struggling with or something that keeps coming up, whether that's a habit, an emotion, something that's going on in my life. It's kind of a vulnerable moment. And I think when we own our shit, you know, not only is it going to make me more accountable, but I feel like for you guys, it's a great way to connect with both me and the guests that I have on in the future. And, you know, it's real. Like we've all all got something going on all the time. And then I think when we speak about those things, it makes us feel more connected and it makes you feel more of a human being because I think it is really important to be vulnerable and share those things that you're going through. I do have to say, though, the whole owning your shit segment segment was not my idea. It's not my idea. I have to give complete credit to Kayla Rose. She has the podcast, Guinea Dipping Diaries. It's a great fucking podcast. Anyway, she does that at the start of her episodes, and I absolutely love it. And I thought, well, I had been doing gratitude and the quote of the week. I do love that, but I feel like it's something. It's t- definitely time for something new. And... I hope that you guys have been able to take away something from the gratitude segment that I did have in the past and you can sort of apply that to your life now, but I feel like it was definitely time for a change and I really love the idea of this new owning your shit segment. And I hope you guys really enjoy me embracing vulnerability more and with my guests. So let me know what you think of this new little segment. But for me right now, owning my shit, I think one of the biggest things to me right now is not being influenced by cancel culture. Like I think there's so many different directions that I could go with this and speaking about this, but I think there's a lot of videos that we see online. It's like a five second clip that's completely out of context and they can just make this one person seem really bad. And then that clip can get posted on social media and based off one person's belief and what they say about that clip, the whole world gets influenced and then everyone bases a belief and opinion around that five second clip without the whole entire context. And then they automatically hate this person or don't like them or aren't open to hearing anything of what they have to say. And I definitely have been sucked into that. An example is, even though this is quite old, but it did happen, the Selena and 
Hailey Bieber thing going around. I was definitely sucked into that. I was like, Team Selena. And I'm like, hang on, I'm literally just being as bad as the people right now who are giving this girl hate. We don't know the context. This is literally just videos online. People could be and probably are lying. We don't know the truth of the situation. And based off other people's videos, we're forming a belief and giving this girl hate for no reason. I think that cancel culture is really scary and I hate it. And that's something that I'm trying to work on myself, like owning my shit and not watching a video and forming a belief based off a five-second clip without the whole entire context. And I think what's even more scary is the fact that AI right now with technology is they, like I've literally seen videos of, of Kanye where it's not even him, but because AI is so, like the advancement of AI right, right now, they can literally take a video, even me, like because I do podcasts and my face is out there and my voice is out there. People who have the technology are able to create, would be able to create a video of me based off my podcast clips and my voice and get me to look exactly the way that I look and sound exactly the way I say, but make it say something that I'm not actually saying. Like it's just a created video of AI and it's not me. And I think it's really important for us all to kind of be aware of what's going on because not everything that you see on social media is real. And I think cancer culture has gotten too fucking far. And I even saw a video of Stephen Bartlett. I think what he was saying was someone, when they were younger, made like a racist comment or something. And he himself, as a person of color, said that he himself has said that type of stuff. When he was young, he regretted it. Like he can't take a blimp of someone's life that they've said years ago, yes, it is wrong. No, it's not okay. Yes, we need to hold people accountable. But are we really living in this world where we're going to take something that someone said, which yes, is wrong when they were young and act like we are all perfect and we've never, ever said something like that before in our whole entire life and bash on this person? He said, no one is innocent in that aspect. Like, there is not a single person who can sit here and said they've never said anything racist, chromophobic, sexist, which I'm saying is wrong, is morally wrong, and that is not okay. But even like when they were younger or something, like I don't think that we should be bashing on people when videos of people have surfaced when they were younger and making them feel less of a person. Because yes, people need to be held accountable. And it's a, it's a different story if someone's a full-blown adult but I guess what I'm trying to say is just the whole cancel culture. I'm not here for it. I've been sucked into it. And in summary, I'm owning my shit because I want to be able to watch something without attaching someone else's online belief or opinion to, an, to something that is completely out of context and not contribute towards cancel culture because I think it is ridiculous because I have definitely done it in the past and it is something that I am going forward trying to work on as a person and I think we've, we've all done it right like we've all definitely been about a part of cancel culture before and I think that it all probably is something that we should all work towards anyway basically my life at the moment a bit of an update where I haven't been doing any podcasts I was I actually just got my thesis results today. I literally cried. I am so happy with my grade and I got above the average 
grade in my cohort, which I don't think I've ever actually gotten before from memory. And I'm just so fucking happy. Like it's done. My honours is officially complete. I don't even know what I'm going to do going forward. I will touch on that in a bit because that is one of the questions that I have. It kind of ties in with answering that. But basically it got to the point where I could literally spend every day working towards this podcast. I fucking love it. And it obviously is very time consuming, but it got to the point where I found that I wasn't able to like fully commit to my podcast in the way that I wanted to, whilst also devoting a lot of my energy into my thesis, as well as living a life and working and trying to look after myself. So I did put it to the side for a little bit. I obviously had my thesis and then I think it was like 9,500 words in total. I did that on top of having another subject and I did an exam. I also went to Bali. I was in the middle of moving houses. That was a really stressful situation. A lot happened. Me and my old housemate were trying to find something for months and we couldn't get anything. The rental crisis is absolutely fucked. We ended up going our separate ways. We wanted to be in different areas and we couldn't find anything in the time frame that we needed to because our lease was up and then it just happened to as soon as she found something, I got accepted into something and it eventually all worked out because now I have one of my really good friends, Britt, living with me, which is amazing and During the time of it, I was so stressed trying to find something. I didn't think that I'd find anything. I'd been looking for months. I didn't think it was going to work out because in the middle of it, I was like, why is the universe fucking testing me so much? Why isn't anything going the way that I want it to in terms of this rental? And it all worked out. The universe did have my back. I just had to surrender and trust the process. A lot of changes, like a lot of relationship changes me and my boyfriend of six years, seven years, I think. I'm not living with each other anymore and I can definitely talk about that one day. I actually want him to come on where we can speak about that. We made the decision to live separately for a little bit because we're only young and we're trying to work on our relationship and on ourselves and living with each other in a share house really took a toll on our relationship, especially in in the work that he had. He was doing night shift and working 12-hour days, six days a week for like three months and his work has been on and off like that for a while now and just really took a toll in our relationship. So we're doing our own thing and we're in a really good place right now because of that, but we can, I definitely want to talk about that because I don't think that's really, a, you don't really hear that. Even my family was saying to me, they just can't believe how much of a mature decision that was. Like you don't really hear a 23-year-old with their long-term boyfriend going, hang on, we want to make this work and work on our relationship. So we're going to try something different rather than just fully quitting altogether. Do you know what I mean? So we'd, we'll, I would definitely talk about that because I think it's super important. I feel like some of you might even be able to relate to that. And yeah, I just had a lot going on and couldn't put time into the podcast, but I'm back. I'm here and I have some really cool guests plan and some really good topics. So yeah, thank you for listening to me and coming back. I love and appreciate you all so much. But yeah, let's get into some of the questions I have today. So I did put up a few Q&As, one recently and one a few months ago, and I've just taken some questions from them that I will touch on. And there's a few like just brief questions that I can quickly answer that might allow you to get to know me a little bit better but then there's some more deeper ones that you guys wanted some clarity on so one of the first questions I have someone wanted to know podcast tips they said that's what they said word for word podcast tips so I'm assuming that they might want to 
start a podcast and maybe I could share some tips. That's what I've taken from it. So my advice to you would be get a good microphone. You want a good microphone. I have gone through a few and I still think that I could definitely find a better microphone. I think quality is really important and through my podcast, my quality has not been the best. So I definitely would invest in a good microphone from the start. If you can't, obviously, I think that there's like one called the Blue Yeti, I'm pretty sure that you could just get. But yeah, that will be my next thing as well, like getting a proper good quality microphone. Because at the moment, I'm using Rode Wireless Go 2. It's like a clip-on one. It is quite good. And I know like when I have guests like with me, I can use that. I do eventually want to go into a studio. That is my goal. I actually had a studio reach out to me, but the money that you have to pay to hire the studio, I'm not quite at that point yet, but I do believe I will definitely get there. And Nadia and I didn't even realize how close we were with each other. And we were supposed to talk a lot about the masculine and feminine dynamics. And we didn't really get into that. And there we were also going to talk about toxic masculinity and essentially if you believe that all there is in the world is toxic masculinity that's all that you will believe there is and you will not attract that in I guess but anyway Nadia was Nadia is extremely gifted in her knowledge and I think when we do dive into that topic next we're going to do it in person so it's better quality and it'll be much better so yeah but back to the podcast tips obviously a good microphone I use like my uploading platform on it's called buzzsprout it you can do like all your descriptions on there it uploads it to all like podcast platforms it's quite cheap you do have to pay to use it but i think if you're only if you're not doing many podcasts i think you get two hours free a month but anything over that you do have to pay i think you can do ads off there if like you i think it goes off by your downloads i'm pretty sure i didn't have the option to do ads at the start then I eventually did. So I don't know if that was like a new thing that they brought in or if it's because once I got to a certain amount of downloads on my podcast, I could bring in ads. I'm not sure. I think that's a good starting platform. I've had no issues with it. I don't really know any others. At the start, I did use GarageBand. Actually hated that. I was not very good at it, but someone actually suggested to use a platform called Descript. So you pretty much put your audio in there. It'll transcript it. And you can go back and edit it based on the words. It's really easy and it's really simple. And yeah, I've found that to be the best. One of the biggest tips I would give you is use TikTok for marketing. Like it's just so easy. Like you can take your podcast, podcast clips or create whatever you want and put onto TikTok. And the audience that I have reached because of TikTok is incredible. And that's like the one thing that I'd recommend for anyone starting really anything like from a business or if you're someone who wants to start posting things on social media, seriously, use TikTok. Like, yeah, it's it's incredible. But that's really the only podcast tips I have, to be honest. But yeah, I hope that helps a little bit. Someone also asked how to deal with imposter syndrome. I think this is a great question. And I think that there is a spectrum of people dealing with imposter syndrome and people can have it not worse than others, but I guess, but I think ultimately we all can struggle with imposter syndrome from time to time. But whether, you know, that's you starting a new job or starting a new purpose that you have, you may have imposter syndrome, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be there or you don't know anything or this isn't the right 
path for you, but you are a beginner in some way if you are st- starting a new job or if you're, you've got a purpose and you're slowly working towards it, I guess you are a beginner. And if you are starting something and you are new in something, it doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be there or you're not, you're not a liar. And when you are wanting to move towards something new or a new career path or grow bigger in the area that you're in, you do essentially start from the bottom. But starting from the bottom means that you're always have, you always have the space to grow and you can eventually get to the top. And growth happens on the other side of our fears. And when we don't give in to our ego who tells us that we don't deserve this or we're not smart enough or someone's better off being here, just remind yourself that that fear that you're having and that imposter syndrome is there because you are on the right path. And it might be because you're on the right path of the unknown and you don't know what's next because essentially your ego is your inner critic trying to stop you from going out of your comfort zone. And that is okay. And that's normal. And it's healthy because the ego is always going to be there trying to push us back into that comfort zone and tell us that someone's better off or we don't know enough. But don't sit back and sit in your comfort zone as a result of your ego or the voices in your head telling you the opposite. The only way to beat that imposter syndrome is to observe your thoughts and the beliefs that you have and to not attach to them and don't attach your identity to them and move through it so that you can get to the other side of what's waiting for you because you don't have these opportunities or this intuition of finding something or wanting to lean into a purpose if it wasn't truly meant for you, but you're always going to have that inner critic or your ego telling you the opposite. But fear is a good thing because like I said, on the other side of fear and your imposter syndrome is growth and you being on the right path. Another really good question someone had was to how to process heavy emotion. So my best advice would be to not turn to maladaptive coping strategies, which make you run away and turn away from the problems that you are dealing with or that are coming up and you want to turn to adaptive strategies which will actually allow you to face and deal with your emotions. So when I say maladaptive coping strategies, this is we don't want to do this. So maybe you've got heavy emotion and instead of processing that emotion, you're going out every weekend and you're numbing yourself and you're drinking and you're doing drugs or you're numbing yourself with food or you're finding every bit of distraction and constantly being on your phone in order to distract yourself from that heavy emotion that keeps coming up. If you are processing a heavy emotion like anger, I don't want you to run away from it or try to avoid it or try to say that you're not feeling angry. So whether that's letting, that's going in and letting that emotion out and doing something like a huge boxing session where you're releasing that anger in a healthy way is going to be really beneficial for you. And rather than maybe doing something like hitting a wall and breaking a wall because you're so angry, which is not a healthy way of doing that as such, you could even go and do one of those things. I know there's a place in Melbourne where you can go, it's called Smash Room, I think, where you're purposely going there to break things and let out emotion and anger. And another one that you could actually do with your friends, even if you have a healthy friendship circle and a safe circle, is... Go and buy cheap plates and write all the things that you know that are pissing you off or are upsetting you or that you want to let go of. Write it all down and then go into nature and just let it out and smash the plates and you'll feel so much better. Obviously, pick up the rubbish, but you'll feel better because you've written down your feelings and your emotions and it's kind of a release of anger and a release of emotion that is going to be a healthy way of dealing with it. Because I know in society, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us that we get taught that anger isn't 
a healthy thing and that it, that it's toxic but it's not anger is completely normal and it's a healthy emotion we just need to find healthy ways and strategies of how to process and express that anger i'm also a huge advocate for journaling and writing it out whether you're feeling whatever's coming up but seriously when you put thought to paper it genuinely allows you to process that, that process that emotion or whatever you're going through and you feel so much better as a result Obviously, I always advocate for going to see a therapist or someone that you can trust, that you can talk about these feelings with and your emotions. Obviously, I know that not everyone can afford or has access to seeing someone like a counsellor or a psychologist, but if you can, I highly recommend. It doesn't even have to be anything big, even if you don't think that you've got anything going on that's quote-unquote traumatic. Just having someone there to talk about even the most, you might think, irrelevant and simplest things the power in that and how much better it makes you feel like talk therapy it's really important and I really suggest it if you do have access to that tool but then again if you don't I think everyone if you're listening to this podcast has access to go and get yourself a cheap journal or a book or a notepad and get a pen and just write thought to paper just write it out also if you're home alone get a pillow and scream into it and just keep screaming into the pillow, put a song on that enlights an emotional response out of you. And that's a great way to release emotion. No one's around you. We never get the opportunity to scream and yell. And it's such a powerful experience when you do do it. I got to do this after one of my breakthrough breathwork sessions when I first did it. And I kind of thought, what the fuck? I'm not doing that. That's so stupid. But just the power in screaming into a pillow to a song that was emotional and was connected to me in some way and just like letting out that anger you feel incredible after it and that's a great way of processing emotion and for a lot of us we never actually got taught how to process emotion and we were just taught to shut it down or to not talk about it or it didn't matter or it's unhealthy to express things like anger and I just want you to know that it's not your fault if that was the case like you wouldn't know any other way If you were raised in an environment like that where expressing your feelings or talking about feelings wasn't a thing, so if you are struggling with something like that, just know that that it's not your fault and it is the most healthiest thing that you could possibly do to express your emotion because we know that emotion, when we don't process it, gets stuck in the body. Our body does not forget. You may have something come up and push it to the side, but your, your body doesn't forget it unless you process it. I also don't know where this person lives who has asked this question, and I know that it is legal in some states in America. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I'm not sure, but even in Australia, I think as of July, it's legalized. They are, well, they have legalized as of July that psychedelic therapy for complex things like PTSD or addiction or depression or bipolar or BPD, that if you can find someone like a professional or where it is legal, because the results that they've seen from from someone who has been battling depression or PTSD and nothing has worked for them, not medication, therapy, nothing, and then they go and have this profound psychedelic experience, what happens in those experiences, you know, like a lot of your thoughts and your memories come back up and you kind of face them to my understanding and you and you see them in a new perspective and learn new things that kind of what it kind of does is it changes your brain whilst you process what comes up to think of it as 
to think of it differently and people walk away from these experiences who have had treatment resistant depression for as long as they can remember and they have these experiences and they're no longer depressed like just that in itself is incredible if you're interested in this I recommend watching the Netflix show called How to Change Your Mind it goes into a bit more detour, detail I did do an episode about psychedelics briefly with Dr Tyler Pansner a few episodes down I've only watched one or two episodes of How to Change Your Mind documentary on Netflix, which goes into all the psychedelics and the power of them. But people that I've spoken to have watched the whole thing of, like I said, that it's in, it's incredible and it's so fascinating and that they just have this whole different perspective on psychedelics. And in saying that, me recommending this, I think it's really important to note that I'm not saying go and take these drugs when, you know, you're out you're on a night out with your friends in a really shitty, not safe environment because I'm not trying to scare anyone, but it is very common for people to take psychedelics when they're not in a safe environment, when they're they're around the wrong people, when they're they've got other things like alcohol in their system and scary things come up and, you know, it's not the right environment and it doesn't do it does the complete opposite of it being a therapeutic and healing experience. So if you are going to look into this and you are in, a, in Australia, go and try and a professional that you can do this with. And I know this also sounds silly when I say this, but even the most simplest thing of letting yourself cry, because I, I know a lot of us when we feel sad and we need to cry and we do that thing where like your face goes all, goes all weird because you're holding it back and you get a headache and we don't allow ourselves to feel that emotion and then it goes and it gets stuck in the body. And when you do feel sad, and when you do feel safe enough, I want you to let it out and let it come through and don't hold back your sadness because crying is processing that emotion. And if you hold that back, it is going to get stuck in the body and the body doesn't forget. If you're interested in the mind-body connection and that whole concept of when we try and forget these emotions, it gets stored into the body and shows up as other things. A really good book is called The Body Keeps the Score. Highly recommend that. Another great tip, my last tip that I like to do when I'm feeling really really anxious. I like to go outside in nature. I'll take my dog Winston. I won't take headphones on my walk. I'll stop on like a bench or something and just practice being mindful and focused on my breath and just being out in nature and moving my body and allow myself to stop and feel and be present. And I'll use my five senses. So focus on the things around me. So the sun on my face, the smell of nature, what can I hear? The trees blowing, being present brings you back and makes you feel grounded. And that's what helps me process my anxiety or the stress that I'm feeling at that present time. I always feel better when I'm doing it in silence in nature because it is easier to go for a walk. And you know, I love going for a walk and listening to a podcast and putting my headphones in, but that's just another thing of distraction, right? And you're distracting yourself from what you're feeling. So if you are wanting like a easier way I guess of processing emotion or just like try and feel what you are feeling go for a walk without headphones and it doesn't even have to be a big walk just go and sit outside and just focus on the things around you and allow yourself to feel those things without attaching any thoughts to them and let it pass and focus on your breath you could even take your journal and start journaling and yeah I promise you it'll it'll make you feel better another someone asked me my thoughts on tongue scraping so I did get sucked into this trend. I hyperfixated on it for a hot minute 
probably a few weeks and I haven't done it in a while. I won't lie. It was really interesting because when I was, I will get back into it now that you have reminded me, it just sits in my bathroom cupboard now. I was getting up and the first thing that I do was tongue scrape and the shit that came off my tongue was disgusting. So apparently they say that like when you wake up, you should tongue scrape because that like drains off all the toxins or something that have risen to your mouth overnight. It's like a, a detox thing, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure it's really good for like our dental health and clearing out toxins because if you tongue scrape or if you are going to tongue, tongue scrape, when you wipe off that, like the shit that comes off your tongue, it's like yuck. Like it, it's yuck, but it's like, oh my God, it's quite fascinating. So yeah, I have done it. I did stop, but I will and should definitely get back into it. What did I want to be when I grew up as an adult? So I feel like I had a few different things. I think to the core, I always wanted to help people. And I think I definitely was really leaning towards nursing. Like I have an auntie that's a nurse and I know a few people who are nurses. So I thought that I was always going to do that. And then I can't even remember how it sparked. But then all of a sudden I was really interested in criminology and being a detective. I know random and then I even looked up becoming like a under like a full-blown undercover detective working for the government and I full-blown looked into it my dad knows someone who does it the more I researched it the more I I was like yeah I'd really be interested in that but just based off what I was hearing the job would have been very full-on and it was very like your family wasn't allowed to know stuff and you had to be very careful you wouldn't have been able to be around your family because like I've always wanted kids and obviously a husband but like very secretive because ultimately they could have been hurt if they kind of knew where we lived or who my family was so I was like yeah I don't think don't think that works for me so then I kind of stepped away from that but was still interested in the detective side and I think this is when I was maybe even 14 15 my dad knew that I was really interested in it and actually booked a true weekend criminology type course thing and we did it together and basically what it was it was two weekends there was all these different professionals who came in and taught you basically start to finish what the job would would involve and like different career paths that you could do and it took you all the way from what a detective does and it took you through crime scenes like I actually got to see proper crime scenes and murder scenes and what happens and like photos of the crime scenes and the bodies like I saw full-blown dead bodies in this course and then when they go to the morgue what happens to the bodies in the morgue I saw the bodies in the morgue being cut open and whilst I was really interested in it and I was like oh my god this is making me feel alive I also don't know how I'd go with seeing dead bodies all the time it really interested me and I felt like you know because that's where being interested in why people do why people behave the way they behave in terms of criminals really interested me so always helping people and being interested in the way people behave were like my two core interests in terms of like my purpose in my career I think when I break it down but the more I thought that about that as well I really don't think I could deal with dead bodies I'm a very sensitive person and even that I think back to some of the the bodies that I saw and in the pictures from the textbooks I still think of it and almost want to vomit and I'm someone who probably wouldn't have been able to let that go and I would have been that person that wouldn't have been able to separate work and family like I didn't I don't know how to really describe it but I felt like it really would have affected my mental health if I went 
into a career like that? Like, how could it not? You're dealing with dead people and families and criminals. Like, I just was kind of made the decision. I was like, nope, we are not going down this path. And then I kind of leaned back into nursing and thought, okay, maybe I could do nursing or midwifery. And the more I thought about that, you know, like intuitively, I, I think I knew that that wasn't right for me. There's a lot of things that I don't believe in. I feel like I'm definitely more of a holistic person. And even now I've got, I know people who are nurses and I think that they get treated like absolute dog shit and that they do not get paid enough and they're not respected to the point that they would like, they literally are giving their whole so much energy and time into that job because I know that they love it and they want to help people. But I just think nurses, there needs to be better pay and they need to be treated better. And I just thought, I don't think I could be in that that industry as well, just knowing they aren't treated the way that they should. So that was kind of another turn off. And then I was like, okay, I think as I grew older, I was more passionate about mental health. And then I kind of did you know, I've obviously suffered with my own mental health. And I remember a psychologist actually said to me one day when I was younger, he said, you would be a great psychologist with all the life experience and everything that you've gone through so young and how you would be able to relate to people is a really, is a, is, is a strength. Ultimately, like people would really be able to connect to you with a psychologist because I think he knew that I was kind of interested in it. And then it kind of just followed and I did my bachelor. I've just finished my honors. I'm super interested in in mental health and that kind of follows on with another question that I have that is kind of similar so someone asked me genuinely interested to know as you've grown this past year and are learning more are you still keen to head down the same career path I think I remember you saying you wanted to be a holistic psychologist or do you have a few things in mind now it's common with a rebirth slash shift in consciousness we find we no longer want to do what we originally planned yes that's definitely what I'm feeling I think I've spoken that spoken about that a few times like I even with Nadia she kind of was on the same path as me like didn't want to go down the traditional system and is you know more holistic and I had Laura on who was a clinical psychologist who worked in the government for years and found that she didn't agree with it and was more aligned with like a more holistic approach so I think I still don't know what I want to do which is I don't know I'm I kind of, that probably is another owning my shit moment. I'm feeling really stuck right now. Like uni was such a a security blanket for a way in me because I always had that while working part-time. I do disability. You know, I had work, but it's always been that safety blanket of, oh, I didn't really have to, I guess, worry about anything. Well, I did, but I have been studying literally my whole entire life. I'm 23 now and I've just finished. I don't want to do master's. Not at this point. I don't know if that will be a future thing. I do have to do my master's to be a clinical psychologist, which is what I thought I originally wanted to do. But for all now, like this person said, they know that I've had like a big shift in consciousness and, you know, I've had a rebirth and I'm kind of finding that what I originally had planned is not really the way that I want to go, which is completely normal. I think, you know, a lot of us go through that and everyone will go through that. Like everyone will have different jobs and different career changes and their purposes and values are different and they no longer align with the person or the identity that they once had and that's definitely me I I don't know guys I oh I wish I could answer this but whatever it is whatever I do I want to help people with their mental health that's like a no-brainer whether that you know I just did my oxygen advantage course like the 
the breathwork course, like I could incorporate that somehow. If I'm going to be a psychologist, I definitely would want to be more holistic. I don't align with traditional psychology and labeling people with a diagnosis to fit a cluster of symptoms and telling them that basically they have this for the rest of their life and the only thing that we can really give apart from talk therapy is medication, which is far from true. And that's what I've kind of learned through my own learnings and and studying it. And like literally the other day we had a quiz. Like this is why I really struggle with, I guess, the system. I had a quiz the other day and the question literally said something like, despite no evidence, what is the most recommended treatment for depression? And it was obviously medication. And I was sitting there going, so you've literally just, we know this, that there's no proof, there's no scientific research to suggest that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance, yet that's what they try and tell us. And that's why they say medication is the best treatment. We know that. But still in uni, they tell us that despite no evidence, it's the best the best treatment. And obviously, antidepressants help. They're a great tool. Like They've saved people's lives. I've been on them. But that's where I just come to a point where I'm like, okay, well, we know that exercise, because there was a study done in Australia that exercise was more effective in treating depression over talk therapy and medication alone, but we don't get taught that. So that's kind of where I get stuck. So I just think, you know, there's a million different examples that I could give you guys to kind of make you understand more why I do struggle with the system. But I think whatever I do, it's going to be mental health. I think for now, I want to focus on my podcast. I think I want to keep doing disability work where I can earn really good money and I can stay casual and I can work for myself. And I want to get life experience. I want to travel. I'm still young. I don't want to be tied down to a full-time job or go back and do my master's, which will be so much more full on and try and live a life outside of that. Do you know what I mean? So I think even Alexis Fernandez, her, she was saying she's got the Do You Fucking Mum podcast. She finished her Masters of Neuroscience like a few years ago, and I think she's like 31 or 32, but she was saying the best decision she ever made, she did her undergraduate, so her bachelor in psychology. She took years off. She did her travel. She had life experience, and then she went back and did her Masters and finished her degree at like 31, 32, and that just kind of made me feel a lot better knowing that I don't have to go and finish my uni degree or try and have everything figured out right now. But yeah, I think I will lean in towards like breath work or something more holistic or try and get experience in the holistic field. I don't know, guys. I just ultimately, I would really love to grow my podcast as well. Like I love to keep doing that and share with you guys everything that I've learned and share that with the world. Like that would be absolutely incredible and I'm going to keep working towards that but yeah I just think for now I'm just taking it day by day I want life experience that's the goal so travel is definitely on the cards I don't know what that looks like I don't know what the future looks like it is scary the unknown is scary but I really have to trust my intuition in this and right now that my intuition is saying don't do your master's like Whatever it is and whatever comes to you, I do trust whatever's going to find me and whatever I figure out, I will and am on the right path. But right now, I am at a place where I am not knowing what that is. So, and that is the beauty of life and being a 23 year old who doesn't know what the fuck she's doing with her life. And I'm sure you guys feel exactly the same way. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But yeah, I guess that's enough of me talking gibberish for today. I hope you guys have a beautiful weekend and beautiful rest of the week. You know, like always, 
If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, share it with someone who you think would benefit from it. Leave me a rating and review. Hit the follow button so you never miss my episode that helps me so much and helps this podcast grow authentically. And yeah, remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. Really got to stop pitching it at the end like I'm seeing. Kind of. Anyway, bye.